You're listening to the What's Up in Weston Public Schools podcast with your host, Lisa Barbiero. So um, I'm here today with School Resource Officer Jason Kim. Uh, this month, we have been focusing a lot on uh, safety and security, and I thought that this was very apropos, and I, I really appreciate uh, you joining um, me, Jason, for this chat. We have two school resource officers in the district. We have Joe McGollin, who is stationed at the high school and also has responsibilities at Hurlbut, and we have yours truly here, Jason Kim, who is at the middle school and the intermediate school. So, Jason... Yes. Thanks for having me. Yeah. How long have you been with uh, the Western PD? I'd say a little over five years now. Wow. But you were in New Canaan prior, right? Yes. Around 11 years. And um, I started my law enforcement career there in 2006. Oh, wow. Um, I worked patrol for many years, then became this uh, school resource officer at the high school. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. You were at New Canaan High School. Yes. Well, as someone that went to Darien High and were our tribals, I won't hold that against you supporting the uh, New Canaan Rams, is it? Yes, yeah, they're in a wave. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll put that behind us. Yes, yes. So, how long were you the uh, SRO at New Canaan High? Uh, it was around uh, four or five years. There was a transition period, and uh-huh. I got promoted after. Uh-huh. And um, I started supervising the SROs after uh, leaving the school. And I got to tell you, leaving the school was the hardest thing. Yeah. It was really sad, yeah. Leaving the at the SRO position. Okay. Because you went from, you know, being surrounded by all these people constantly to being in an office. Yeah, I can, change. yeah. I can relate. That's kind of what happened to me, <laughs> you know, yeah. being around all these uh, great people, the kids, mm-hmm. and then being here in the office. And isolated, you know. Yeah. But it's um, it, it was something for me to grow upon. And I actually started supervising the SROs. And we had one in the middle school. At Sachs, uh-huh. and one at the high school, uh-huh. and we had these school like liaison officers that I would actually, you know, supervise day to day, and then I also did the juvenile investigations, and okay, all the serious cases would come funneling up to me in the mm-hmm. office. So, mm-hmm. so we're very fortunate when you when you uh, decided to come to us in Weston, you brought certainly a wealth of experience uh, to the role. This, um, you know, I remember when we um, talked about putting in the school resource officers, I can't remember how many years ago, I was uh, principal at the high school at the time. And um, I'm just so appreciative that the the program got approved and we were able to uh, work collaboratively with the police department in the town. Why um, is the SRO program in your words so important. I mean, I think it's invaluable, but I think we need to hear from you. So um, when I first got into the program, it was a uh, it was a very different uh, kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, it was more of a let's let's leave them in the building, uh, out of sight, out of mind. And then I was there, unfortunately, when Sandy Hook happened at the high at the New Canaan High School. Oh and wow! Overnight, everything changed. Uh-huh. It, it went in from, what way? It went from you know the school uh, the. Uh, police officer that is downstairs somewhere to let's start integrating him or her into our meetings our uh, you know more of the classified stuff just we really opened up a lot of channels of um, information exchange uh-huh. which actually we realized made the school safer mm-hmm. we're able to identify kids that needed help sooner mm-hmm. and it also kind of 
humanize the police officer role because uh, students started realizing I'm not a machine, I'm not a robot. It's just a uniform this person has on. Mm -hmm. And we can actually speak to him like a normal human being. Yeah. And that's when everything changed. It was like a, it was a brand new, a whole new ball game. Mm -hmm. And that's when I realized, oh, this is, it's a lot of like community policing, you know, uh, interacting with people, uh, just basically almost just being there for people to either vent to, tell you problems, whether it's quality of life or safety issues that were serious. And, you know, a lot of psych issues we were involved with. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, that's when things really took off because now it was my turn to just figure out what to do. And there's no written rules on how to be an SRO. They give you guidelines, but it basically comes down to the SR school resource officer to, officer to figure out what to do. Mm -hmm. And that's when I realized, oh, I'm empowered to do things now. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and it was hard getting rid of the patrol police mentality where your job was to look for bad things all the time. Yeah. You know, rule breakers, you know, uh, fights, issues. Yeah. But now I'm in a position to prevent problems and, and not have arrests, not have, exactly. not, not get involved when things are too late. Exactly. And we'd rather prevent than try to fix. So. And I think that's the, the biggest thing that people need to understand is, is you and uh, Joe McGollin are there to, to help and to support. For example, I remember when, when certain things happened when I was a building administrator um, and, and it was the administrator's role to do many of, you know, the disciplinary issue, or if we needed to, the police involvement, we would actually go outside of your guy's role and, and call the police station because it was kind of protecting your role to be that conduit or that liaison with the student body so that they see you as, as a, a ally, as a friend, as a confidant, as somebody that is there really to help them. Yes. Um, because the National Association of School Resource Officers. Mm -hmm. They call it NASRO. Yeah, NASRO. And you guys all have that training, yes. right? And um, the three things they teach you, it's a, they call it a triad, is uh, you know informal uh, counseling. Mm -hmm. Then you also have education. Mm -hmm. And then at the last resort, you have uh, law enforcement where you know, enforcing the actual execution of the law. But we see that as almost a failure because if we couldn't prevent that from becoming an arrest, what did we miss? What did we do? What can we do to prevent that? And um, that's when we realized, yes, we should be the positive person that helps kind of guide that person. In yeah. Trouble, yeah. Kind of through the system. And that's where that big change was. We went from our job is to arrest, create numbers, mm -hmm. you know, to show that we're doing our job to actually not having something that's uh, it's not really something that you could quantify based on numbers. It's it's the everyday interaction. It's what yeah. you prevented. It's Things qualitative that, data. Yes. And that's what made it really hard for certain departments to kind of switch out of that mentality. Because they're like, what's he doing in there? Yeah, yeah. And we're, we're so lucky to um, sort of uh, get involved in all of this um, and be able to look at it from the beginning through that lens. Yes. So what's it like in a typical day for you? Um, talk us through what you do, because I know that you're, you're also over at the West at times during the day. You're very active at the middle school. But but what does that mean? What are the actions? So like if I followed you around, what would I see? And every day is granted different. Yes. And uh, I always try to, you know, greet the students either at the front. Mm -hmm. um, and the, obviously at the middle school, you have groups that form before they go to their classes. Sure. So it's a little different than the high school. Yeah. And kids are trickling in and out. So um I'll try to, it's always about, you know, 
being present because even if they don't make direct contact, like communications with the student at the SRO, just the student being there, uh, just being there yeah. for the students yeah. kind of reminds them that, oh, look, there's a police officer, there's Officer Kim, yeah. you know? Oh, by the way, something happened this weekend. Let me ask you a question. It could be as simple as uh, ATV or dirt bike questions. I get a lot of those e-bike stuff. And then you also have, <laughs> you know, what would happen if sure. higher level questions. So uh, we're always there. It's almost like a sales job in the fact that if you're not out there and self-motivating yourself to yeah. be out with the public, yeah. they forget you're there. So, well, and if they, if they don't see you when they're really struggling, they're not going to seek you out, you know, like who are you, but, but you guys do both you and Joe do a really good job of being, I like the way you said that being present, being visible, being there so that then they are much more comfortable approaching you. Yes. And it's just, uh, there's a whole series of how people build relationships, but a lot of it has to do with being comfortable being around that person. And even if we wear a softer uniform or, you know, we change our uniforms sometimes, it allows them to realize that's Officer Kim, his uniform and clothing might have changed, but the person as a whole has not changed. Yeah. And it kind of desensitizes that robotic role. Yeah. Because a long time ago, a lot of police officers lived in the towns they served. Yeah. Nowadays, just like teachers, they've kind of been pushed out or they don't live in the area. They all have a commute. Yeah. So they don't coach like they used to. They don't see the students outside of work saying, hey, Johnny, cut that out. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm going to take you home to your parents. Yeah. And that disconnect really took away from that community bonding that mm-hmm. police officers used to have. Yeah. And we and that's when we realized, wait a minute, how, how do we build relationships with people? And they see us in a negative light. How do, we see that, how do we show them in a positive light? Sure. And that's when these roles come into play. That's when officers visit us. They're like, oh, look, here's another officer. He's just as goofy as I am. Yeah, they come into the building, sure, yes. um, which is important. The mile of safety will stop by. Yes. I mean, we have, I think, discreetly, if you will, officers on campus. Yes, yes. And and that also sends a message out to the public Yeah, that there's police officers there, that we're not an easy target for your, for the bad guys. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's always that, that presence is makes people think twice. What about, think about some of like your highlights, you know, um, in working here in Weston, you know, I can always think of like, gosh, sometimes it's the smallest thing, but to you, it could be the biggest thing. Like for me, sometimes it was a student who refused to make eye contact for, you know, two or three years of me standing out front in the school and then finally initiating a greeting. Can you think of like, what are some of the highlights that you uh, like to uh, recall in Weston? We've had some students that, you know, the ones that give you the headache, you know, like, what can I do? What can I do to make this student go to class or, you know, get them engaged with yeah. the community and, um, and, and to hear stories or, or a parent to come back sometimes and be mm-hmm. like, Hey, I just want to let you know, this student is doing amazing. And I'm like, really? Yeah, that's good. Him? How? And, and those are like really like success stories because in law enforcement, you never get to see that side. You never mm-hmm. see someone get reformed and say, hey, officer, I just want to let you know I've cleaned up my life and I'm successful and my family's great. Yeah, you yeah. hear that feedback. Yeah. And because we started the bad side of it. But in a school when, when we have those students that wouldn't listen or they succeed in life and you see them when they're adults, yeah, and they yeah. come back and say, do you remember me? They're three <laughs> feet taller. 
and you go, who are you? And they go, oh man, yeah, you yeah, made it. Sure. Those are the greatest feelings. And and especially with the younger kids, when, when kids wouldn't make eye contact with you, they wouldn't say hi. That one time they say hi, Officer Ken. And you go, <laughs> it really changes yeah, your day. Right? Yeah, they know me. Yes. And, and the fact that you're always trying to get kids to kind of engage. And when you get that, it's basically a sale. You close a deal and you're like, wow, this kid actually recognizes <laughs> me now. Deal. That's funny. Yeah. But what are some of the educational programs you, uh, you guys bring? Oh, so we have the, uh, you know, the internet safety. That's always changing. We actually started with the uh, intermediate school now. So next oh, wow. week, I think oh, yeah, November next week, uh, we're going to teach the fifth graders about, you know, proper internet use, the dangers of the internet, also the positives. And also the cyberbullying aspect with social media, because sure. that's a whole new platform. So, yeah, for, for I mean, it's not new, but you know, it's like a new voice. So, we're trying to let kids un- understand, and even the teachers understand that there's you know repercussions for abusing those kind of platforms. Sure, or using them inappropriately. Sure, and and there's always a fine line between you know. Um, uh, what and what crosses that line you know oftentimes they're just really poor mistakes it's yes. not something necessarily illegal if you will yes um but when you communicate something or when you put something out there and you're mean making mean comments and that affects a child's ability to sit in class because everybody's read it yes. then it does become our our um you know it becomes our issue i guess as yes. a as a school community what other uh you do the internet safety, yes. cyberbullying. Um, anything else that comes up, say there's a safety issue with, you know, kids crossing Western Road. Yeah. I saw that new crosswalk the state put in. Thank you, CT. But it um, it's little things like that. Just reminding kids, hey, wear your helmet when you ride your bike. Um, maybe that's not a great idea, you know, or they'll say, hey, Officer Kim, I'm like, oh, you're wearing your helmet. Great. You know, it could be simple things. And um, it's always dynamic. It's always something new. It's uh, yeah, you know these new challenges that these like out of that platform. I don't want to say, but it it makes a clock sound. But it's uh, <laughs> yeah, no, you can say it. We're always on our toes because yeah. we're like, oh, now now we might have to deal with this. Yeah, exactly. And and for students to know that there is there, it's not a good idea to be putting all this stuff on there no. and thinking you're anonymous and because it it can really be. Um, uh, hurtful yes. if it's not used the right way. Joe has also brought some uh, programs to the high school that I know you've helped with. Yes. Uh, for example, um, weren't there simulators there a couple weeks ago? So what was the, that uh, about? The Save a Life program. Yeah. It's, um, it's a funded, I think it's a state funded uh, program. Don't quote me on that, but. Yeah, something. Have, yeah, it is. They, they have a, um, you know, a simulator where a student actually has to try to text and drive. And it shows you how dangerous and how much time you take off your eyes off the road because it's not just the students. We see parents. Next time you go to a red light, just look around you and don't look at your phone. Everyone puts their head down and you're like, they're not counting, you know, their change in their pocket. It's they're texting. And it, and it's a really big problem because um, it's a huge responsibility to drive. It's a privilege, very dangerous, takes yeah. a lot of thinking yeah. and, uh, you know, attention. And then you have this device that is just, designed to constantly take your attention away to try to get you to look at this device. And it, it, unless like uh, something else changes, we're always going to have, uh, you know, crashes, accidents, you know, 
people getting caught, getting fines. And, and it's, it's been a big problem since the smartphone came out. It was different when it was an actual phone, but now it's a computer that acts as a phone. Yeah, it's everything. And, and it's it, so easy to grab. I remember the chief of police saying that one time, I think he was working the light out at the um, intersection and he said the same thing, the amount of heads that were down looking yeah. at their phones. Or people that won't go and it's green because they're too engrossed in their device. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's okay to live life and be in the now without an electronic device. Yeah, exactly. Um, so this is how many years now at Western Middle School? So Five? Yeah, it's, it's, I don't wow. know, did a year or so on patrol, but. Um, so you came as patrol and then you went to that. Yeah, and this position opened up and I was like, what are the chances? You know? Yeah, that's great. Because when I left New Canaan, I was like, man, that was the best job I ever had. Why'd you leave, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, so, I mean, it's, uh, the big thing was the commute. New Canaan, I live further up north. Yeah, sure. The whole world where I live. You can figure it out. But, uh, yeah, but it's, yeah. The commute's great. The town, it, so we had this whole incident in town, and I, I happened to be here for the forensic lab, and I helped the town out. And I looked at this town, I was like, this is great. This is like a town from like 50 years ago. And it hasn't evolved. <laughs> it's in, a in small like, town, yeah, yeah. Commercial, you know, yeah, of commercial. course. And I was like, and people wave at you? This is insane. People still like you guys here, you know? <laughs> it's a friendly, yeah, it's, well, it's a friendly small town. Yes. You're exactly right. And, and, and for Connecticut to still have these towns, it's great. Like, because a lot of them are growing. A lot of them are expanding. People are, you know, urban sprawl and everything. But um, I saw it and I was like, man, this is, it, it, it must be nice to be in a small town. And I was like, well, why not try? Yeah. Well, yeah. we're, we're glad that, that you did talk to us about the forensics lab. Oh, so it's, uh, um, which is really not under the SRO purview, yes. but it's an important piece to know because we serve the surrounding community. Yes. And, um, so we have, uh, basically high levels of technology, te technological tools that mm -hmm. are used for, um, what confiscated devices, whether it's mm -hmm. a search warrant or any kind of crime. And we can access cell phones, deleted data on mm -hmm. computers. Most people don't use computers anymore. A lot of that stuff is going cloud, but we have multiple towns in this area for Fairfield County. You know, we have Greenwich, Stanford, Norwalk, a bunch of big departments. And yeah, I think Wilton, Grumble, yes, right? Because I see Canaan. the officers, New Canaan, yes. they come, it's over in the annex. Yes. And because of that, there's always police cars there. And that, sorry about the parking, but. It actually yeah, the parking's fine. I think it's good. People know. Yes. And they, they're like, why are there police cars here? And that's another presence, right? And if we need help, they're there too. We have mutual aid. But uh, we have the ability to use these high cost, expensive programs to help solve crimes, mm -hmm. help process equipment. Mm -hmm. And it really does help with information sharing. It, it really is a win-win situation. And we are supported by the Secret Service. So... Well, it was a win for us because that's what brought you here. Yes. Oh, yes. I and, forgot right? to mention that. Yes. Well, sorry. you said, no, you said that. Like yes. I came and I saw this great town and yeah. you said, I'm going to cut my commute in half and I'm yes. going to be in this welcoming uh, Western community. And yes. so New Canaan's loss is our gain. But it's true. Commute is a big yes. factor. Uh, I mean, I, I commuted for a while and I couldn't uh, take it. And traffic doesn't, um, it never gets better. Just no. Like, it gets worse and you know the these roads become parking lots so yes. uh, so that certainly i'm sure improved the quality of life for you and your family yes absolutely did. and yeah. um uh, that's a big thing too i have three kids and i i want to see them i want to be there for when they're growing up yeah 
because my parents always worked. Yeah. Which is, you know, thank you for them. But How old are your kids, if you don't mind oh, me asking? So my oldest is 13. Ooh, seventh grade, tough age. I was going to say, yeah, now, you, now you're experiencing <laughs> now, it as a parent as well, right? Well, in middle school age. It gave me a lot of insight on yeah. their mind in seventh grade. It is chaotic, the seventh grader's mind. Oh yeah, 12, I, 13 year old. It's a lot of changes going on, and it and he's amazing now. I don't know what happened. Whatever switch flipped in his well, that's brain. That's good. Yeah, uh, and then I have a ten year old. He just broke his ankle. Oh gosh, still still crazy. He's a boy, and then my uh, my daughter, my little girl, the seven. Oh, old. little little. Yeah, and she's she's just basically I call her kryptonite for uh, manhood, you know, because she turned <laughs> me to mush. <laughs> <laughs> Every father needs a daughter. That's all I say. <laughs> but, uh, oh, that's funny. Yeah, she's oh, wow. my little girl. She keeps me uh, grounded. So yeah, well, I'm sure all three of them do. Oh uh, yeah. So yeah. I'm glad you're able to uh, to uh, spend time with them because that is very hard. Yes, I mean, you guys is. work long hours, uh, different hours. You do also fill in at times yes. correctly, not just as an SRO, but if we need help on patrol and things like that. I know you guys have. And we're always picking up our phone for the patrol guys so that they're like, what do we do with this situation? We're like, juvenile law is very different. Yes. So we try to kind of guide them. A lot of changes in the past few years, you know, trying to go for a therapeutic approach instead of punitive because kids aren't developed yet. Their brain isn't ready. <laughs> well, exactly. And so that that's important as well to get them involved and to figure out a way to get them help. Yes, I think is the big is the big thing. And that's what we keep hearing whenever there's some awful tragedy, how to get this child help. Yes, because in, we all know in a crisis mind, we're not thinking clear. We're not saying I need to go speak to my therapist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, someone yeah. has to kind of guide you sometimes. Yeah. And for a child, it's very difficult. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that we um, have have both you and uh, Officer McGowan. I think here. we're very fortunate. And thank you for um for coming in and I oh, hope you have, have a great Halloween with your three yes. kids on yes. Monday. All right. Thank you. Thank you. I would like to thank Jack Baca, class of 2022 for the introduction and Carl Schultz, class of 2023 for the music.